Welcome to episode number 315 of Category 5 Technology TV. It's Tuesday, October the 1st, 2013. Great to see you. I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Rachel Shue. Rachel Shue! Yep. How you doing? Pretty good. Welcome to season 7. Mm-hmm. Here we are, if you can believe it. Here we are. And here we go. What do you got coming up? What's All the stories right. of Let's the day? See. So today, coming up in the room, Zoo. In the new zoo? It's been a while, guys, since I've been on. Give me a break. Okay. (laughs) Glasses that can translate a menu have been demonstrated. Now is that food menu? What's wrong with this picture? 50 points to anyone who guesses. It's bright in here. Go ahead. Carry on. Okay, the ability to edit Facebook posts is a big concern. Dun dun. And apparently they can charge cell phones with lightning now. Intriguing! And the first computer built entirely with carbon nanotubes has been unveiled. So stick around. These are coming up later in the show. It is a viewer question extravaganza. We've got a full mailbag. We're going to be dumping it out and answering all your questions. It's going to be a great show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Kid. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com This is Category 5 Technology TV. You can find us online at www.category5.tv. Category 5 TV is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Check out our mobile website. It's m.cat5.tv. If you've got your mobile device, scan that code or just visit the site. You'll have access to live streaming video and audio as well as on-demand video um, of past episodes. So check that out, m.cat5.tv. Um, a, a bit of a solemn note, but I thought off the top of the show we should mention um, that, uh, regrettably, uh, Sasha's father passed away this morning. And uh, as you know, she was meant to be on the show tonight. Um, you can send your condolences to Sasha at Category5.tv. Uh, very fortunate that uh, Rachel Shu was able to fill in at short notice tonight. Thank you for, for coming with us tonight. Yep. It's going to be a great show. We've got loads of viewer questions, and uh, it is a viewer question extravaganza. If you'd like to give us a call, call 2545-CAT5-TV. You can also send us an email live at category5.tv or just jump into the chat room. It's Category 5 on Freenode. You know, I've got the capability to actually remote into people's computers and provide support. So if you've got a specific problem on Linux or Windows, just install TeamViewer. And if you've already got it, all you have to do is private message me in the chat room, send me your TeamViewer credentials, and along with uh, what the problem is that you're experiencing, and I'll be happy to uh, to remote in tonight, especially since it's a viewer question extravaganza. So. Yep, it's worked for me before. There's been many times when he's had to... Use That's that true. for my computer. It works. Fix everything works I've well. messed up on it. Rachel, we've known each other for how many years now? Too many. Too many. Probably 13 years. Something Lucky like 13. And back then, there was a game that we just loved playing. Unreal. 
You know, you remember. I had a conversation with Pyrus Rock on the uh, on the interwebs this week, uh, a couple weeks ago, even um, on Twitter. I had tweeted. I said, you know what? I just had a craving for Unreal Tournament. We used to have a server that we we could connect in, and we had dozens of people at some times. Fly! Mm-hmm. Um, we had lots of people that would play the game. Pyrus Rock said, oh, I wish that I could do that because back then, you know, Unreal Tournament was compatible with Linux and Windows. And it's like, does anyone really have the disc anymore? Pyrus Rock said, you know, he had the disc somewhere, but it's probably ruined by now because he was so young when he had it and it's all scratched up and everything. So, Pyrus Rock, just a note. I was digging through the uh, the stuff that I have and check out what I found. <laughs> the real deal in mint condition Unreal Tournament. This is the uh, the original release and I don't know if you can see but it actually has a Tux Penguin. Where is it? There it is. A Tux Penguin. It's for Linux and Windows. There you go. Best game ever. Best game ever. So I've got the disc, my man. Love to know if it's abandonware. That would be interesting. Hmm. Folks, how's the video tonight? I'm curious to know. We've made a lot of changes here at the studio. Hopefully everything is running okay. Uh, we're going we're gonna to brave it um, tonight and hope for the best. Here is Hopin. Alrighty. Oh. What else is there? What's this? Whoa. A gift. A gift that comes to us from Australia. What could it be? Hmm. Not cookies, I asked. Are you sure? Yeah. Could, could it be cookies? Let's take a look. <laughs> Watch, it's a cobra. <laughs> Wouldn't that All be neat? All the way from Australia. Oh, an Australian cobra. <laughs> neat. It was opened at the border. Canadian uh, Border Services has opened this up. Investigated. Oh, what's this? I have sent you a care package from Melbourne, Australia. I've included some Vegemite and Outback barbecue sauce. The genuine stuff. Uh, When you try the Vegemite, please use very little as it is very salty. Thank you for the warning. I would have uh, put it on pretty thick. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, looks like chocolate. Thanks for the warning. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Next time, don't warn. That would have been Hmm. hilarious. No pink rabbit ears. Uh, still looking for a pink tutu, which I will send in another care package for Eric to wear on the show. Uh, please say good day, mate, to Eric for me. I will. Uh, we'll throw another shrimp on the Barbie this weekend. Keep up the great work on the show, and thank you to all the co-hosts for the great job that you do on Category 5 TV. Okay, what do we got? A genuine care package from Melbourne, Australia. Here we go. We'll clean that up later. Well packaged, sir. It's the interesting thing, I think, about having a global audience here at the show. Go to map.cat5.tv to see what it's all about. Is the cool stuff that you send us, of course. Outback Spirit, Outback Barbecue, Australian Sauce. So there's like chilies and tomato, molasses, apple. Apple. Hickory smoke. All kinds of stuff. Smells good. What does it remind me of? Barbecue chips. That's All right. Dressed. Mesquite. No, it reminds me of mesquite barbecue chips, like the kettle cook. Very cool. Thanks, man. What do we got here? <laughs> this is something that you can't get in Canada. So this is interesting to me. I've seen it online. It is genuinely Australian, is it not? Vegemite. The real D deal. It's B vitamins. I had no idea. Made in Australia. I've heard of it, but no clue what it is. What act? What is the stuff? I have no idea. I think it's like a yeast residue. It smells delicious. I just happen to have a piece of bread here, Rob Gore. It smells like Marmite, kind of. Maybe is Marmite like a, a weaker? He said, really, really thin, like a weaker version. Maybe, eh? Like, that's our Canadian kind of... Okay. See how we do. Maybe you should try it first. 
Dun, dun, dun. Right from Australia. <laughs> mm. Thanks, Rob Gore. <laughs> it burns. Yeah. You I gotta really, say, you really shouldn't have warned him to put it on thin. That would have been too great. <laughs> it would have been too great. Vegemite, not my favorite thing in the world. Um, interesting. Just don't be on a cooking show where they have... Mm. <laughs> the way it cleanses. Oh. All right. Well, hey. We have so many viewer questions tonight. Want to get right into them. Uh, our transcoders are doing great. We're averaging about eight episodes per day. So we're just motoring along. You can read all about it at baldnerd.com. That's my blog. Welcome to our newly registered viewers as well. Just before we get into the questions, we've got a list there. Maybe we can tag team on this list of uh, new viewers. We've got Robin Warns has joined us. I'll let you take the next one right after Robin Warns here. Alrighty. <laughs> Have you got it? No. <laughs> Zero X thirteen lack for three. Nice Roma, to have you joining us. Roma Patton Nuffison. <laughs> Victoria Godley. Nice to have you joining us. Shiro Senshi. Ye old seafarer. seafarer. Ha! How'd we do? Look at that. Welcome to the show. Pro iPhone. Who else have we got? Uh, Joe Cal. Nice to have you joining us. Sorry, guys. <laughs> he ah. really, really likes that Vegemite. It was delicious. <laughs> A little taste of Australia. All righty. I'll look up some recipes. How's that sound? Uh, thank you also to our viewers who have uh, sent in donations this week. We really, really appreciate it. We're working toward uh, building Studio D. Very, very excited about the chroma key aspect and all the things that we're going to be able to do. Uh, and um, certainly we're getting ready, gearing up for October 15th when we actually kick off our first ever crowdfunding campaign. Very, very excited about that. So make sure you keep watching the show for details. And of course, that starts on the 15th of, uh, of October. Ready for some viewer questions? We'll... Get, get straight right into, into it, them. folks. Yeah. All righty. So um, here we have one. It says, hello, Robbie. Can you please go into a detail about the procedure to add the Category 5 TV channel to Roku? It was mentioned in Episode 308, mm. but I'm still not sure what steps to take. Thank you, Good Guy 98 Okay, there's a couple of different ways, good guy, that you can add Category 5 TV to Roku. Of course, we're on Blip TV. We're also a member of the Tech Podcast Network. Um, so you can do a search for Tech Podcasts uh, or Tech Podcast Network, and you're going to find their Roku channel, and that will add not just uh, not just us, but uh, all of the great uh, shows that are a part of the Tech Podcast Network. And uh, good news for users. Boy, that Benjamin is terrible. I'm serious. It's we should have done that at the end of the show. Um, Someone send him some wasabi next time. I like Someone wasabi. From Japan. I do wasabi. like wasabi. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, good news. The new Roku devices are coming out, um, I think, in a week. Next, uh, next Tuesday, actually. And when they come out, there is one that's on order for Category 5, and we're going to be developing. We, are already, uh, we already are uh, developed the app. We just need to wait for the device so that we can go through the beta testing process. And then we're submitting it for uh, inclusion in the channel. So Category 5 TV within the next little while, <laughs> pardon me, within the next little while, is going to have its own Roku channel. <laughs> that's, that's a great promo for Vegemite, isn't it? Wow. Alrighty. Our very own channel. It's coming. Alrighty, we have another question here. Awesome. It's from Rob Gore. It says... Hey, Rob Gore. Hi, Robbie. He talks just In like that. In that voice. <laughs> Good day, mate. Hold on, a <laughs> pop-up came up. All right. I have started to encrypt my backups using TrueCrypt. TrueCrypt, yeah. TrueCrypt under Linux. What I have done is create an encrypted volume on an external hard drive 
Then using back in time, I am backing up my data from my NAS to the external hard drive. What I want to do is to be able to back up my sister's laptop, which is running Windows, to an encrypted volume on an external hard drive. The catch is I want to be able to back up the OS and all the data on it to the external hard drive. For this, I will need to use a bootable CD with backup software on it. Do you know of any software that will be able to back up to an encrypted drive? Thanks. I would say, um, first of all, the fly likes Vegemite. Just letting you know. It's true. Um, TrueCrypt is a proprietary piece of software. And because it's proprietary, it means it will never show its way to um, open source software unless they sell it because they've got to make the the money back that it costs to do it. Um, So there is an open source alternative um, which is actually included in current versions of Clonezilla. So if you go to clonezilla.org, get a copy of Clonezilla, and it is actually uh, meant to be compatible with, uh, with TrueCrypt. I'm going to bring up, uh, just get on the web here and see what I can come up with. It's called TC Play. And there's a note here from Stephen Xiao. And Stephen says... And unfortunately, I don't have screen tonight, and I wish I did. That's not a good thing. Steven says in this forum, I'm going to put, put a link for you, cat5.tv slash tcplay. And uh, just mentions how to use uh, tcplay within Clonezilla in order to uh, make that work. And hopefully, we'll be able to get the screen up so that I can show you um, our display during the show tonight. So, yeah, Clonezilla will do it. That's good news. More questions? All right. Thanks, I'm um, going to try to work on Whoa. <laughs> we're this being thing attacked is vicious. by a fly here. Yes. All righty. So here's a question from TN Frank. Okay, so you've converted me to Point Linux OS. All Loving right. it, but had a question about how you get the 3D multi-desktops that spin around and how you set it up so that your windows burn down when you close them. Anyway, thanks <laughs> for all the great work you guys do promoting Linux. You guys rock. Cheers. Okay, well, I'm having uh, some technical issues at the moment that are preventing me from being able to show you my display. And that kind of is a problem when it comes to showing you how to, uh, how to do this. Let's see if I can get it up for you, folks. I'm going to do my best. We're live tonight with a brand new system, brand new everything. So thanks for the music. It is definitely encouraging to have that. <laughs> Let's see what I can come up with here, folks. Nothing there. Aw. This is live TV. <laughs> live TV. The real deal. And all the stuff that goes with it. Yes. All the potential issues. So what's new, Rachel? Not too much. No? (laughs) Well, things have been good. Things have been good. Yeah. Good, good. I'm I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I've just uh, (laughs) been having some computer issues as of the past, you know, five minutes or so. Um, Which, uh, you know, I'm sure that, uh, you know, one day I'll work through. But, you know, the thing, Rachel, is that being a live broadcaster, it uh, it becomes, you know, a little bit annoying when stuff doesn't go exactly right. Is there... And what's new with you? Is there anything you can teach them without showing them? <laughs> Allow me to use hand we'll gestures. Just, we'll just back and forth. Well, what's new with the you? fire goes what's like this, <laughs> and the cube goes like this. It's and pretty cool. here. Yes, right up there, and... And I would show you if I could. It might just end up being another 40 minutes of Vegemite. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want another bite? Uh, Let's see what we can do. What, the Vegemite challenge? One teaspoon in one go. No. You know, like the cinnamon challenge? I went light on it, and it was a terrible experience. (laughs) (laughs) The barbecue sauce does smell good, though. It is. It was a wonderful offset. Absolutely. (laughs) 
Now, does anyone out there actually like Vegemite? Who sent? That'd be the was question. Was it Rob right? Gore that sent Rob it? Rob Gore did. Yeah. Anybody in the chat room who uh, who actually appreciates the flavor? Anybody Vegemite? out there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they stay in business somehow. They're yeah. still producing the stuff. Well, we got a question mark, and that's that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> so. GWG says he wonders what I do when I'm not co-hosting because he has an image of you keeping his co-hosts in cold storage and defrosting them <laughs> as needed <laughs> based on the sci-fi opening. Yes, right. The last time you were here was quite exciting. Last time he accidentally released Khan, but uh, we got him back <laughs> in his cryo chamber. <laughs> so what do you do? I mean, you're an artist, as uh, most, of, most of us know. You're a, a magnificent painter. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of art. A lot of people like me to do pet portraits for them and stuff of their dogs and all kinds of things. Is there anywhere that we can go to see those things? Not right now. I don't mm-hmm. have a website set up. All right. Wish I knew somebody who could help you with that. Yeah, I wonder who could help me with that. And Ladies and gentlemen. Working on a cartoon for Halloween. Oh, yeah? Cat 5. Oh, Looking forward to this. I'm not allowed to know more. So I've got the screen working here, folks. Yay! That was a little bit of small talk banter here. We, uh, this is a wonderful thing about uh, software called Telestream Wirecast, is that you know if there are problems, we don't have to kill everything, and we just got to talk amongst ourselves just for a few minutes. Just make it go. Here we are. Okay. Just getting our shots set back up. So Does anyone still remember what the question was? We may have to read it again. Do you want to uh, go ahead and uh, read that again as a... Okay. So it says... Sorry, folks. You converted me to Point Linux OS. Loving it. But had a question about how you get the 3D multi-desktops oh, nice. that spin around and how you set it up so that the windows burn down when you close them. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, let me bring up my desktop. And... Uh, <laughs> I'll reactivate Synergy on my broadcast system. And there we go. Once it connects, I can show you. There we go. All right. As Rachel says, that's live broadcasting, folks. And sometimes uh, things don't go exactly right. But we're here to, uh, to help you out with your questions. And uh, even, if it, uh, even if there's a little bit of a, a glitch, we just appreciate you staying with us. Okay. So we want to do stuff like that. We want to be able to do stuff like Expo. And you see the productivity here. I mean, we're getting ready for the news in a few minutes' time. And, you know, I've already got our news images up there on the far right. So productivity-wise, it's a great way to do things. I use this at work and in a business environment, being able to um, have multiple desktops in such a sane, um, understandable um, interface, like being able to spin around a cube or a sphere, or a cylinder um, makes it work really, really well for. I'll stick a, you know one client's job on one screen. I'll stick another client's job on another, and my email on another. So it makes it so that I can focus on specifics, um, you know, specific jobs on each screen, so that I don't end up getting cluttered with too much stuff. So in order to get those effects, it's something called Compiz, or Compiz Fusion in this case. And I did go through this. I'm going to bring up our website, category5.tv, and show you how you can find this kind of stuff. Use the search our network here at the right-hand side, and we can type Compiz Point Linux. And just let's see what the result is there. You'll see the, the first episode result is 290 point linux bringing back the classic linux desktop and that is that's a great episode to walk you through um how to set up those things and how to get point linux running but it also um shows you how to get the the 3d stuff going but really really quickly you need something called Compiz Config Settings Manager, which is available in your repositories there it is in my list in my menu okay when you bring that up it gives you access to everything, including the ability to break your system, because now you're working with the compositor pretty deeply. So you, you could activate the wrong thing and break something, but it's usually pretty easy to go back, so don't be too afraid. But what you want to do is you want to do a quick filter for animate or animat, 
which is going to give you animate and animation. So that's why we do that kind of a search. And enable those two plugins, animations and animations add-on. And you'll know from a couple episodes ago, we had the question about animations add-on. That is an extra plugin that you add that gives you extra stuff like the burn effect. You have to install the extra plugins for Compiz in order to get burn. So you go Synaptic Package Manager, and within Synaptic, do a real quick search here. It's just building my search index. Okay, Compiz and Plugins Extra. And there it is, Compiz Fusion Plugins Extra. That's what gives you burn. Okay. Once you have burn, you can configure it, which is to say, yeah, I want to include smoke, for example. Uh, randomly colored fire, if you want to get a little bit fancy. I like to add the smoke sometimes. Sometimes for performance reasons, I leave it off, and you can affect the, the actual look of the fire. Then, back at animations, you're going to go up to close animation, and you change it by double-clicking on the first item, which I've currently set to burn. You can set that to whatever you like that is installed. So you can make it into, you know, I can make it into a paper airplane and set it to a higher amount. So now when I close a window, watch what happens. It's going to actually fold up, turn into a paper airplane, and fly away. So I'm going to turn that to burn. I'm going to set it to a nice small number. And then... close. It gives me that effect. Okay, so your next question is how to um, actually do the spinning cube and uh, that kind of effect, which I think is a very productive way to use your Linux desktop. And so we're going to type in for search simply C-U-B, and you'll see two things, desktop cube and rotate cube. So first of all, you obviously need to turn on Desktop Cube, and you can just turn it on. You don't necessarily need to change any settings, and you need to turn on Rotate Cube. Same thing. You don't need to necessarily change any settings. Then you hold in the Control and Alt key on your keyboard and click your mouse, and now you've got the ability to actually turn this thing. Also, you can hold Control, Alt, and use your right and left mouse button. That's how I usually navigate because it's nice and quick. You can also push down, and that gives you this kind of expo wall that you can also navigate with your cursors holding down the Control and Alt key on your keyboard. So that's all a part of that. Now, I have this spherical-looking thing, so it's actually round instead of uh, a cube, and that is... um, Let's see. I think that's somewhere in... Oh, it's actually its own plugin, I think. Yeah, Cube Reflection and Deformation. See that? So that one there. Uh, Let's see. Appearance, Reflection, Deformation. Deformation I've changed to Cylinder. And Reflection I've enabled, which gives you that look of a a reflection underneath it. So three different... uh, plugins that you'll use for comp is desktop cube, rotate cube, and cube reflection and deformation. I also like the 3D windows, which allows the windows to actually pop out of the cylinder. See how they're kind of pulled out? If I turn that off, you'll see the difference. They stay on the surface. This actually makes it so that they kind of pop out of this pop out of the screen a little bit. Cool. Thanks for the question. What's going on over there? Nothing much. All right. Alrighty. I have another question if you're ready for it. Absolutely. All right. This one is from Michael Iowa. He says, Hi, Robbie. I Hi. Have a Why are you talking like that, man? <laughs> I have an Acer Aspire 5050 laptop. It has two gigabytes of RAM with an SSD that I've installed, Point Linux. Runs very fast after installing it. Now it seems to slow down now. My question is, do you think that Point Linux doesn't support trim? I think I can put up to 4 gigabytes of RAM on the laptop. Do you think <clears> that might help, too? Thanks. I think it should do just fine with trim and, and with a solid-state hard drive, um, as long as you installed it on that hard drive um, so that it didn't install um, the wrong kind of setup. There are some things that you may want to do in order to get your... Um, Linux system to perform better with a uh, an SSD. Generally speaking, though, out of the box, it's going to work really, really well. Let's see if I can find anything really, really quickly for you. Um, you know what? A, a 
really good place to start is just your favorite search engine. Um, but Debian actually has a page on the kind of the optimum uh, SSD optimization, which goes into details about you know different things that you might want to do with your system. With regards to trim, though, these days it's not as much of an issue as it used to be. Um, your your drive is going to be a newer drive, and and uh, things are going to be supported by the operating system. Remember that um, Point Linux is essentially at its heart Debian seven. So if you're looking for help and you're wondering, you know, is this supported? It really at its core is Debian seven. So does Debian seven support trim? Absolutely, and that's what Point Linux is based on. Um, so I don't think that that's the problem. Adding two more gigs of RAM definitely is going to make a difference. Um, what can happen is because you've only got two gigs of RAM, depending on what you're doing, I'm assuming this is not a server environment. This is a, you know, a desk, like, well, it's a laptop, obviously, but you're using it for multimedia and things like that. So when you do that, um, it's going to use some memory and, and it doesn't take long to surpass two gigs. And what happens then is it starts swapping to the hard drive. And now you're running a, a solid state hard drive, which is super, super fast, but um, as you get more and more temp stuff going on and, and more stuff being left behind on the hard drive, then, yeah, that can cause uh, performance degradation on any system. Plus, you're using a different uh, bus than the RAM. RAM is very, very screaming fast. So uh, I would stick a couple more gigs of RAM in there and see how it, uh, how it performs. Um, do get into there. I'll give you the link in the show notes for episode number uh, 315. And that link is to the Debian um, SSD optimization. And that's all it is. Debian.org slash all caps SSDO and then the rest of the word optimization lowercase. So hopefully that helps point you in the right direction. Hey, uh, it's time for the news. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Thanks for the question. And uh, take it away. All right. So there are now glasses that can translate a menu. And they've been demonstrated by a major Japanese mobile operator. NTT Dacomo's wearable intelligent glasses can project an image of translated text over unfamiliar characters, the company said. The hmm. spectacles also allow the wearer to view and manipulate virtual images. The wearable technology was demonstrated at CTEC 2013, a consumer electronics show in Japan. Okay, well, that's, that's all fine and good and sounds kind of sci-fi, right? kind of so futuristic by menus does it mean food menus oh sorry does it mean like yeah like you go to a restaurant and, and it's like glasses what is this at the restaurant what if you don't want to know what the food <laughs> but generally speaking i mean when you're traveling you know sometimes people get in a little bit of a huff if you if you don't understand their language and stuff and i don't know food allergies, food allergies is an important one for sure um Perhaps. I mean, she's got some really cool sunglasses. And that's all good, but they look expensive. And it's a really, really neat concept. Can you imagine being able to look at something that is text in another language and visually have it turn into your language? That's like the universal translator of our day. Could it be possible? And here, you know, is a technology that they're doing it with this pair of glasses. But I've got an app on my iPod Touch, and it's available for Android as well. It's called Word Lens. And uh, regardless of what device you have, I want you to go check this out. And I don't know. Here's just my news here. And it will actually translate that on the fly. And they've got a video on their website. I'm going to actually bring it up for you. Because it is just amazing technology. But do you really need a pair of glasses for this? Because you already carry a smartphone with you most likely, right? And certainly if you're traveling, you're going to have your smartphone. It's just called Word Lens. So the technology is already there. It's questvisual.com. And I just want to show you a real quick clip of this video. This is not any kind of infringement on copyright or anything. We just want you to know that this stuff exists. And this is real. Then you don't get to wear those big honking glasses with wires exactly. hanging out of them. And <laughs> but with your cell phone, with this technology, with their software, it does that. And it works. I wonder how well it works, though, because if you go to like Google Translate and yeah. you ask them to translate and it's woo. It may not be wor- like 
grammatically correct, but look at how amazingly it actually recreates the fonts and the colors even to make it work. And these are this is actually video footage of this device or this software working from questvisual.com. Definitely check that out. But the technology exists, and if you, it works on your cell phone, why would you go out and buy this pair of glasses? Did they not hear of that when they brought out when they introduced these glasses? Sorry, I'm just laughing at what some of the translations. Oh yes, are. <laughs> <laughs> check that out. Okay, Katie, we have another story here. More news. Well, I'm going to tell one. I thought you already did about the phone. No, I, I want to tell you about Facebook actually. There's a new feature on Facebook, which is concerning some professionals. It allows people to edit their status after it's been posted. They call it stitch-ups, and experts are warning about the potential malicious use of this. Previously, an update would uh, have to be deleted and reposted if you wanted to make any changes, no matter what they were. But when you do that, you would lose your comments and likes, obviously. The new capability introduced to help users correct spelling or grammar issues uh, means posts can now be modified and their content changed, and the very people who commented or liked it are not notified. A spokesman for Facebook explained that the update was intended to help people address typos or autocorrect errors, but will not comment on the potential vulnerabilities. So what does this mean? I mean, if I... Let's look at this not as friends talking on Facebook, but as malicious, because people are malicious in this world, and there is malware, and there are marketing professionals, if you want to call it that, who make money by selling lists of email addresses that they've stolen off of servers. So now, what is to stop? This is a genius thing that Facebook has created for malicious marketing directors because now okay i'm gonna post a beautiful cute little meme of a kitten and it's adorable and i'm gonna post it to my mom's wall and mom is gonna like it right mom right you're gonna like the things that i post and then all of mom's friends are gonna see this kitten that she liked and they're gonna like it too and a couple of them are gonna share it and everybody's now liking it and all of a sudden now this post has so many likes and it's this cute little kitten and then i sell that list to viagra and guess what now i can edit my kitten and i can take away the picture and i can put up your viagra ad and mom liked it and all of her friends liked it and that's the kind of crazy marketing that can go on now and it's happening so you got to be careful what you like and whose stuff you like and you know you get these campaigns where you know we'll give you a free bag of chips if you like our page well then you wonder well why did why does it start showing all these advertisements on my page for this product that i've never liked has nothing to do with chips it's because they sold it to somebody else well becca says it should also be noted that the edited status becca said what <laughs> we have to put a beep on what she wrote okay <laughs> that the edited statuses will say edited to tip people off that they may have been greatly changed but it could have been a grammar issue it could have been that i misspelled the and put t-e-h and so i needed to go back and edit it who's to say that that's not the case or did I take away my kitten photo and sell my ad to some bad company? Did you, Rob? I did. Did you? I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I never thought of that. I've used it before when I've misspelled things or whatever, but yeah. I never thought of like changing my status totally. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get some likes, just like, <laughs> put up a picture of a fanny. You know, it's just, you know, oh, all the people who liked that. Well, now you've put the idea in everyone's <laughs> minds who had never thought of this possible use you for it. bad people. What ideas are coming <laughs> through your minds? Unbelievable. Rachel, what else have we got? Okay, so using a transformer, a team of scientists have created a lightning bolt. And Robbie has told me this isn't the transformer from the movie. I had to That's explain this. I actually bolt. had to explain this. She started laughing like it's the cloud or something. She's picturing so, this Optimus Prime. Optimus shooting Prime. lightning bolts in the lab. Okay. Um, by passing 200,000 volts across a 30-centimeter air gap. They were able to harness its power and use it to charge a cell phone. Neat. So Don't get in its way. Next time you need your cell phone charged, put it on a metal rod in a storm. 
All right. The proof of concept experiment was conducted at the University of Southampton in collaboration with Nokia. It is believed that harnessing nature in this way could provide power sources where electricity is in short supply. Neil Palmer okay. from the University of Southampton's High Voltage Laboratory said, This discovery proves devices can be charged with the current that passes through the air and is a huge step towards understanding a natural power like lightning and harnessing its energy. So no surprise, though, Nokia is warning its uner- uners- users not to try this at home. Okay, so scratch what I said <laughs> earlier about the metal pole and the cell phone. Bring it on! Charge my phone! <laughs> <laughs> Not how it's supposed to work, folks. I, that that makes sense, though. If this technology could be harnessed in like a third world nation or something, where you know people still want to use technology, of course, it's available to them. But how do you charge it? There's been this, you know, one laptop per child where they brought in the solar power charging and the crank charging, and it's, so you got to sit there just to be able to surf the internet. But what if they could put up a tower or something that attracts lightning and has a base station at the bottom that you can plug your phone into and it recharges it? That'd be pretty neat. I wonder if it charges it really fast. That doesn't seem practical, though. Oh, I got to charge my phone. Got to go over to that tower and plug it in and wait for lightning. Yeah, but if you have no electricity (laughs) where you live, then wouldn't you want to tap in to that kind of natural power? What kind of natural power am I talking about? Well, let's hear it straight from a doctor. I need a nuclear reaction to to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. 1.21 gigawatts! That's a lot of power. It's a lot of power. (laughs) Okay, the first computer ever that is built exclusively with carbon nanotubes has been unveiled. It opens the door to a new generation of digital devices. They call it Cedric. It's only a basic prototype, but it could be developed into a machine which is smaller, faster, and more efficient than today's silicon models. Nanotubes have long been touted as the heir to Silicon's throne, but building a working computer has proven awkward. The breakthrough by Stanford University engineers is published in Nature. Cedric is the most complex carbon-based electronic system ever yet realized. And, uh, of course, you know, it just seems like the future is here. You think, okay, well, this is the latest and most amazing technology. It's got to be super, super fast. Carbon nanotubes. Right? Wrong. It operates on just one bit of information and is able to count as high as 32. Much like me. They've got a little ways to go. Yeah, I thought I was waiting for like some ridiculously amazing number. <laughs> 32, okay. Got a then. ways to go. Ooh, impressive. I want that. I guess everything Christmas. has to start somewhere, right? <laughs> Just in time. All righty. So get the full stories at Category 5 TV Newsroom. Um, This week, the Category 5 TV Newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. For the Category 5 TV Newsroom, I'm Rachel Hsu. Thanks, Rachel. All right, we're going to jump straight back into your viewer questions because we've got lots of them tonight. This is a viewer question extravaganza. So nice to have you here. It's Category 5 Technology TV, and you'll find us online at www.category5.tv. All right, so we do have another question here from Bong Beilan. Hello. Hi, we're a church, and we're trying to broadcast our worship services via Ustream. We want to try Wirecast, but we can't seem to get it working. We're using Windows 8. Should we use a lower version of Windows to make it work? Mm. Please advise. Thanks. I don't think Wirecast is uh, is compatible with Windows 8 yet. I don't think a lot is. But I think you should be running uh, Windows 7 probably for that. Unfortunately, you don't go into um, any details about what the problem is. Like you say, it doesn't work. But because I don't have any details, unfortunately, I can't really go any further than that. But yes, uh, try it on Windows 7. And, uh, and see if that works better for you because it's officially supported. Windows 8 is not. So. Give us a call, uh, 2545 Cat 5 TV, if I've missed you there. Uh, we've got the cat phone here, 2545 Cat 5 TV. All righty. So this one says, here's a pic of my dual laptop set up so I can watch the show via YouTube Live full screen. Oh, a picture. And have my pigeon chat full screen as well. Hope it all works out tonight. Talk to you later. All right, let's pull this one up. 
And speaking of a picture, that reminds me. I mean, we got to be giving out viewer points here. Uh, I think that for the Vegemite and the barbecue sauce especially, we uh, we owe Rob Gore what 500 points. How's that? That's crazy. I'll do that for Rob Gore. Rob Gore also sent in and an iPod for... Do? Viewer points allow you to win awards, uh, which are virtual awards on our website, category5.tv, but also you can qualify for uh, contests where you can win actual physical prizes, uh, things like that, and it's all about the viewer points, how many points that you have. Every time you log in, you get 10 viewer points, and uh, that builds up and builds up on your profile. You'll find out more by going to our website, category5.tv, and go to the members section and look up uh, all the members that are there, and you'll see how they're doing. So, yeah, so if you ever want to send cookies... Cookies! 500 points. There you go. <laughs> uh, sorry, who was... This is, this is a picture, but I'm not sure who it was Tien, from, so... Tian Frank. Oh, Tian Frank. Okay. I just want to bring this up. Okay, so this is the setup as they're watching Category 5 Technology TV, which we're going to give you 100 viewer points for. So if, uh, if anyone would like to send us a picture of your, uh, your setup, watching the show, there you go. Well, that's pretty cool. Two episodes simultaneously I guess you'd use one for the chat and one to uh, to watch the show but that's very very cool I guess that's what a lot of people end up doing eh? as you've got the chat room on one computer and the show playing on another or maybe up on the big screen TV or something like that which is kind of cool thanks for sending in the picture and uh, I'll look you up TN Frank uh, if you're registered under that I'll give you 100 viewer points Alrighty, and uh, here we have Dear Robbie and Rachel Shu. Hey. I have set up a Skype on Zorin, 32 bits, on an old laptop so that my parents can use it to talk to my brother. Cool. My brother wants to travel a lot, so uh, use of the phone can be quite expensive. This is another way of keeping in contact with him. Some areas he travels are quite exotic. It works okay when my wife and I are talking between the laptop and her Zorin computer. However, we do not get any video, only sound only. I tested both webcams in a program called Cheese, and it gave me a picture. Hmm. But using the Skype, we do not get the picture. We also tested it with my brother, and this only gave sound. Um, can you please tell me how to get the video to work on Skype? Many thanks. All right. Um, I've only got one, I've got one webcam plugged in. Because you've got two webcams, I wonder if that's causing any kind of an issue. That's what it sounds like. You've got two webcams, right? I'm going to bring up Cheese here, and this is going to be upside down for you. But we do, you can see that we have a webcam running. It's just inverted. So, and there's the Vegemite. That's awesome. Put it right in the, in the shot. There. All right. Um, so, <laughs> let's bring up Skype now. And Skype is going to uh, hopefully detect that same camera. But one of the things that I need to do, notice that right now I've got cheese open, right? So if I open Skype... It's going to say, oh, I can't open the webcam because it's already open in cheese, and so then it's going to fail. So it's just going to give you a black screen. So I'm going to actually close that. And once it's closed, I'm going to go Internet, Skype, and we'll see what happens here if I'm able to actually detect that, uh, that webcam. Let's see if I can get into Skype. I can remember my password. Why doesn't Skype remember my password? There we go. I'm in. Okay, so in Skype now, I'm going to click on the S at the bottom here and go Options and then go uh, Video Devices. And you'll see it's now detected my webcam and it's there because it's the only one. Let's, uh, let's try that experiment where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close out of Skype. I'm going to open Cheese. But I've only got one webcam, right? So maybe that's the difference. It sounds like you've got two webcams. Maybe there's a problem there. You need to um, remove one of them, unplug it, just to get things up and going. Just switch over to putting my password here. Let's see what happens to Skype if cheese is open, because that might explain something. Okay, options. Go to my video devices, and you see now what's happening to Skype. Even if I close Cheese, I have a black screen. 
right? Because Cheese was using my webcam, and it's a USB device. It's only compatible with one piece of software accessing it at any given time. So if I had Cheese open or some other piece of software open when I launch Skype, then it would cause a problem. You might try closing Skype, closing Cheese, closing any device or any software that's using your webcam, and then try launching Skype all by itself and just see if that helps. And let us know. Alrighty, um, just, you just here in chat, Gwaygerd, I'm not sure how you pronounce what he wants to be called, but he says that uh, his your service provider won't let him call you. He says he no. has a blocked caller ID and no it way. blew his surprise call. 2545 Cat 5 TV. Come on, give it a try. Alrighty, so we have a viewer question here. It says, Hi, Robbie. I enjoyed the show, but I wish you had some more time for viewers from Germany. We got all the time in the world. Here we go. Germany, it's all about you. Or the one that has to go working in four hours. Oh. So this is the second time live with your show, and it's, as you say, awesome. Great. First, let me thank you and your team for your dedication to Linux and the people out there. You really moved something in the right direction. Now, my question that I have fits perfectly to the motto of the tonight. I need a solution for a bash script that checks a folder for the latest, say, 10 files and deletes all files that are older. If there are 15 files, for example, hmm. then the five oldest should be deleted. I have seen some examples with the sed command, but that didn't work for me, and I didn't understand much of it. Can you do some magic out of your mind with the more or less simple solution? I need this for a backup solution that is realized with a cron job who regularly creates a tar archive on a daily basis that contains the date and the file name. There you go. And uh, So I would say base it on the date would probably be the easiest way to do it, right? I don't know if I can think up with my magical mind anything because the Vegemite has completely messed me up. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but I, I like through the show, I'm like, I'm coughing a little bit and like kind of, <laughs> it's still there. Drama queen. I, I know. had it too. And didn't I didn't you love it. It was amazing. <laughs> Go out, buy some, have a spoon. Or just, you know, we'll, we'll mail it to you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, I'll bring up Bosch here, uh, the Linux terminal. There we go. Watch this. Okay. We were talking about moving things, moving our cube. Control-Alt-Shift, right arrow, moves a window between desktops. So, in this case, I wanted to move that over here so that it's nice and clean desktop. Okay. So, uh, I've got a folder on my desktop here with some various files. You'll notice that with these three images that they are from different dates. I've got one from July 30th, one from September 18th, and one from April 9th. So they're nicely spaced out, and your backup is going to do really, really well using time, using a date in order to determine when to delete it. So let's take a different approach than what you're saying. You're saying, let's, let's knock off the last 10 files. Well, instead, why don't we say, well, let's purge files that are older than 10 days because in that case we know we've got 10 days worth of backups because this is happening on a daily basis so in that case let's jump into my folder and you see there are my files okay and so what i can do is i'm going to do a quick find and find is a great tool. Uh, I'm in the local directory, so I'm just going to put a point, which is current folder is where I'm going to search, but uh, you could put that anywhere. You can go home slash Robbie slash whatever. You can use wildcards. You can use anything at all. So I'm just going to find anything in the current folder, and I'm going to say, let's match it to how many days? M time, five days. So anything that is, pardon me, I need to go plus five days, obviously. Um, Anything that is older than five days is going to be shown. There you go. So now let's say, okay, well, anything that's older than 10 days, still three. They're all older than 10 days. Let's say 50 days. Only two of them. One of them is within 50 days old. So these are older files than maybe what you'll be working with. Let's say 100 days. There's one file that is older than 100 days. So if I was to say, let's keep everything that is newer than 100 days, but let's discard anything that is over 100 days, we now know find dot, which is the current folder, dash m time plus 100 means anything that is 100 days or older is going to be listed. So there it is, image 2808. So now what do we want to do? We can actually execute a command with 
find. And we're going to do what? We're going to, of course, go RM space. And then these, uh, I don't know what those are called, the braces. Um, those uh, are actually going to say, okay, well, we're going to loop through any output from find and output that to the RM command and then a slash and a semicolon. And that's going to actually delete any file that is older than 100 days. And you'll see now that I run that command, there is no file that is older than 100 days. And if I bring back up my folder, which did have three files previously, it only has two files. So similarly, we know that there was one file. There will be one file remaining now that is 50 days old because there were two before. Now one of them is already gone because it's older than 100 days. So we can again say, okay, find dot dash m time 50 days dash exec rm braces and then the slash and semicolon and run that. And now if I do an ls dash alh, there's only one file and it is from September 18th. So it's a very new file. So all you need to do is just add that to your script, you know, where it is that it's about to execute and you'll be good to go. I think that's probably what you're looking for. Thanks very much for the question. And uh, thanks for calling Category 5 Technology TV. Who's this? Uh, well, I wanted to make sure that the cat phone was working. Thank you, sir. That sounds I like GWG. I might have a cat-related emergency. Okay. Meow. Okay, so we've covered that that's working. But somebody suggested that I try Google Voice because apparently Magic Jack, which I'm guessing you use to power this line, yeah. mm -hmm. blocks uh, any inbound calls that do not have to display a caller ID, and I was trying to route a different way. I love you, Magic Jack, because I don't get solicitor's calls. Okay, but unfortunately I tried to route through Skype because I don't have an international dialing plan. There you go. It does not present a caller ID. Sorry about that. Well, hey, it's good to hear from you. Thanks for calling in. Well, well, I am I am almost never available when your show is live, so I thought yep. I would call in and make sure that your phone was working. Thanks for that. Appreciate the uh, the oh. test. And uh, okay, it's good to hear from you. Calling from New York, I presume. Uh, yes, I am currently in New York. Very good. Thanks for the call. That's GWG from the chat room. Nice to have you joining us live tonight, GWG. It's been a while. GWG, of course, from the uh, Android Buffet podcast. Uh, you might as well plug yourself while you're here. I mean, you're, the phone's oh, I working. Plug myself. Absolutely. The phone's working. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. I do the Android Buffet podcast on Monday night, which is generously hosted by the Category 5 streaming server. You didn't have to plug me in your plug, just so you know. Well, I, okay. that, that would be the generous part. <laughs> Android Buffet, of course, is uh, also a member of the Tech Podcast Network. It's androidbuffet.com. There are banners uh, on category5.tv as well. Uh, you can follow those and find out what uh, GWG and Jer are up to. And uh, we appreciate all you do. You're always, wel you're always welcome to stop by again, and you could go bring... Uh, you have, what, uh, 15 co-hosts? Now you're always welcome to send one over. Thirty-six. I only have I only have one, so I feel as if I have a lack. Right. So I'm always welcome. I'm always willing to accept <laughs> an extra host if you want to send one over. Very good. All right, GWG. Thanks for the call. And greetings to New York. Okay, I will go outside and yell greetings so that they feel as if you greeted them. Probably. Perfect. Thank you. Cheers. Goodbye. Good night. I wonder if GWG would like some Vegemite. <laughs> This is Category 5 Technology TV, and we're just about out of time. I think like we have literally time for like a really, really quick one if somebody's got one for us or if you want to give us a quick call. But that is all the time that we have, if you can believe it. Hope you enjoyed yourself tonight. Rachel, what do you think? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, don't know if I'll be coming to a Vegemite party again anytime soon, <laughs> but uh, otherwise... This little guy just kind of took over the show. Lulu. He's just so gross. <laughs> Oh, well, thanks, uh, Rob Gore. We do love to experience the, the world cultures. I've gotten, some interesting, the world. I've gotten some interesting hot sauces shipped to us, and I love hot sauce. And so, uh, you know, that's never a bad thing. The barbecue sauce is quite nice. Uh, I got a hot sauce from Barbados from one of our viewers, and that's literally one of my favorite hot sauces right now, about halfway through the jar. It's pretty nice. 
So, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Category 5 Technology TV. Heather, thank you for being here. Uh, thanks for joining us at home. And uh, if you're watching this on demand through Miro Internet TV, greetings to you. Don't forget, we're going to be on Roku very, very soon. But in the meantime, install the Tech Podcast Network app or channel, I should say, and uh, you'll be able to watch Category 5 through that. But uh, within the next month or so, make sure you do a search and look for Category 5 TV specifically. So, Thanks for being here with us tonight, Rachel. Great being here. Welcome to Season 7, everybody. It's going to be a fun ride. We've got a lot of exciting stuff planned for you this, this year and a lot of changes coming your way. We're going to work out all of the little things and uh, get into some really, really exciting things as we grow. So thanks for joining us. Get the word out, Category5.tv, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.